Summers and I historically thought fall, and I guess it's still probably true, but it's extended. Where like bodybuilding, and maybe it's just America, slows down a little bit in terms of the shows mm. um, and competitions. And then same with uh, powerlifting. But it seems like neither is true anymore. And maybe that's just the expansion of all the sports. And everything's going a little more year-round. I think so. And, and then it, like November, December, just like the whole world shuts down, or at least historically. I don't know, I guess, because this is, for us, at least in California, this feels like the first, you know, normal-ish holiday coming. So who knows what it yeah. will or will not be. Like, because business-wise, and for us, just because we're in our own bubble for so long, um, building the gym, besides pandemic-y things, just building the gym, I wasn't always sure what the hell the rest of the world was doing, but now it feels like the gyms, I don't, I don't want to say cruise control, but cruise control-ish, and then the world is has its own chaos, but different chaos. So then at least I can survey yeah, what, what's what, going on in yeah, the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, 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 ish. Maybe not even the world, just just internet even, yeah. or America even, because we hop into the world conversation, now we have too much to talk about. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I'm just going to note again that we are still next to a construction site that is very noisy. Today, we're recording on a Monday. We don't often record on a Monday. And for some reason, they always do the really heavy shit on Mondays. So there's just like a lot going on out there at the moment. So if you hear beeping in the background, that's just what it is. You imagine it's done soon. They're they're building a bunch of apartments next to the 3rd Street. And our podcast studio just happens to be on the exact side that they're building those apartments. But There's walls going up and stuff. Yeah, they they, they gave us, what, 12 months, like two months ago. So maybe maybe within 10 or 12 months it'll be done. And you imagine the last, what, I'm no fucking contractor, but six months is probably just inside shit. I imagine doors once they get the roof on, yeah, it'll be it'll quiet, quiet down quite yeah. a bit. You yeah. don't need much big machinery, and they're just moving in fucking piping and more little things or more hands on shit. Yeah, it, it's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. No, it's not as bad as I thought. It's yeah. it's dirty out in the back though, just because yeah, they're just constantly blowing dust in. But that's we also got the highway, and so there's just always yeah, bullshit yeah. flying around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just kind of how how it flows. Our boy Tyler fixed the big fan. Yeah, he texts me. Yeah, texts me. Yeah, it's it, it makes an interesting noise now that it didn't make before, so I don't know what that means. But better, worse, other. Um, um. Well, it's a it's a harmonic kind of hum. It's like a a little white noise eh, action. No, oh. no, it's low. Because I uh, I used to sleep with a fan on because I do love my room being cold. And mm-hmm. then obviously when you're like whether you have roommates or your parents' house or whatever, you don't always control the thermostat. You know, I wasn't the big boss man yet. So it wasn't hot, cold enough for me to sleep. Uh-huh. But then, yeah, white noise actually kind of fucks me up. Uh, like I'll start to think about it, you know. <laughs> it's like a fly. Uh, if it's Particularly if it is not entirely regular. Yeah, or even even if it is, I think it fucks me up. Uh, Where, like, I could, I'm more likely to fall asleep to a TV, which I had to do for a long time. I don't know anymore. Then, yeah, even if the fan's kind of regular... I don't know why. Yeah, it, it sounds like. Well, we put an incredibly expensive fan, ceiling fan, in our in our bedroom. You know, years ago now, and it is almost entirely silent. Yeah, that's rare. I feel like. Yeah. So that's that was entirely worth the extra money. Yeah, the fan we're talking about in the gym is like this. What? It's probably six feet tall. At least in its casing, it's probably over six yeah. feet tall. But the fan itself might be six feet, and it's like this mega produce warehouse swamp cooler. Um, and and we were told that it probably still works, but it's just dirty and had to fix it. That it has a water attachment to actually be a water cooler, but we didn't want to necessarily go that route. One because of water, 
um, and where, where we would get it and two rusting equipment and shit like that. So now it's just like a giant fan that looks like the size of a Cessna propeller. Yeah. They're four grand plus yeah. new. Yeah. And so that whip's pretty good. Yeah. Because like, and even, but so are those, what's the famous company? Giant ass fan. Big ass fan. Yeah. Big ass fan. Those like, I don't know, man, when it's actually hot. Yeah, and obviously I'm just biased because I think you go to the gym to do something that's not easy. So, like, why are we trying to make it easy? But when it's, at like, a, over 100, I don't think a fan does shit. You know, I'm just blasting hot air back in my face. When it's 80 or 90 and you mm-hmm. got a nice cool breeze, you know, or you're whipping it in, it's nice. But we're also downtown. It's kind of like the Vegas thing where, like, cement's everywhere. Mm. You know, so it's just like you're, it's just hot. Yeah. If you're hiking, you know, and you creep through some trees, yeah, that breeze is going to feel dope and smell nice. But, like... Where we live in a city. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Cities absorb and then reflect heat. Yeah. So it's just jamming. But it is nice. So we have a couple of regular fans and then we just have one fucking Cessna propeller that bops down our yeah. huge, huge hole there. Just enormous. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm sitting here in pain. I was mentioning this earlier. My shoulder is not happy at all. And it's because of the way I slept, I think. I don't know. Because my back was bothering me. So I slept in a way that was like comfortable. So my back didn't hurt. Now my shoulder is just as pissed off as it can possibly be. And I'm digging a lacrosse ball into it, which, you know, it does help. Yeah. It does, at least particularly in the moment, because it shifts how the pain is perceived or whatever. Um, But I think that at some point in the game, we all kind of felt like, oh, you know, all the mobility stuff is essential. Just we have to do yeah. all these things before we can ever get under a bar. People still do, and some people still do. And um, uh, th- I never held the strongest beliefs about that. This is uh, um, going straight into how bad we fucked up when we were younger lifters. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. My 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 premise for this episode is this: is the the thing that we feel like we got the most wrong about lifting, fitness, about yeah. whatever. Um, and we may expand on that as we go along here. Yeah, I uh, think mobility became really popular uh, because more people started train really hard. And if you trained very hard in anything, from CrossFit to Olympic weightlifting, I mean, even other sports, other sports, the pain does feel different. You know, like I used to play basketball, probably. Literal. When you say you work out for two hours a day, like as a powerlifter, you're not actually working out for two no, hours, no, right? You're, you're working out for like 40 minutes max. When you play basketball for five hours, you're actually playing probably for four and a half hours, especially uh-huh. if it's pickup because there's no timeouts, there's no nothing. You're literally mm-hmm. running around. So I did that forever, right? Like literally 15 years. And the pain you go through, I don't know if it's more like expected or it's like more what you're used to sore feeling like, mm-hmm. like in your brain. And even like lifting weights, if you do biceps, mm-hmm. the pain you feel in your bicep is like expected. And some people like that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't mind it. Uh, but when you power lift or really body build, not just go to the gym and really Olympic weight lift, the pains you feel are very unexpected and you don't know how to f- fix them. And then some of the pains or the, I don't even like the word pain, some of the uncomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even your shoulder, right? Like you don't need to go, you, you know, you don't need to go to the hospital. No. Cause it's not pain, pain. It's no, like no. just extreme uncomfort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, if it were in the front, I would think I was having a heart attack, but it's different. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so then, so then it's like, those are like less expected and they're less like, 
you squat and then your wrist and elbow hurt. And you're like, mm-hmm. no, dude, I worked my legs. Like, what? what's going on here yeah. kind of deal? And that's like the most blatant example. But there's a lot of stuff like that. So then, yeah, f- physical therapists or doctors or your favorite coach comes on and starts telling you all these ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. For sure, you're going to go buy that electric vibrator and, mm-hmm. you know, fucking blop your whole body. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and believe in your heart with a burning fire that the thing that you're doing is absolutely essential. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, like it can dissipate or change the sensation, which in your brain then tells you you're fixing it, right? Yeah. Like uh, the same example every PT on our podcast has ever given us is like you burn your finger or you, you know, stub your – or you bump your elbow against the wall and then you rub it. Yeah, it helps the pain, but like mm-hmm. it's not going to help any – bruising yeah or doesn't if, keep it from bruising doesn't keep anything yeah, yeah. or or a more extreme case you're bleeding or whatever yeah. you know like it doesn't fix anything um and same with this other stuff and and like uh, i'm kind of same to you is like I, I went down that hall quick because that was a lot of content out there and everyone around us was doing it and so i'm freaking hanging out on a rubber band for half an hour before i could try to squat where in fact i should probably have just squatted to more depth not box squatted as much and probably I moved pretty good still, especially the early years because I was playing a lot of sports or I'd pull a lot of sled, you know, because mm-hmm. we're under the west side uh, helm. So I was pulling sleds like a motherfucker for fucking decades. And then uh, I should have probably just moved more to begin with. Yeah. Which people didn't really talk about. Even the west side world or even the mobility guys weren't talking about that, like warming up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would say like, yeah, you need to, you know, lacrosse ball and rubber band this and do this and that and you know, maybe, maybe good morning, this and that, but they didn't really talk about like right now I do 10 minutes on the assault bike, semi hard, um, like moving, not, not hauling ass by any means, but I'm moving. Um, and I've never felt better top yeah. to bottom during my workout, after my workout, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think that, um, it's easy to get caught up in the idea that because you're doing something, it, it, you're actually making something better. Whereas you're making yourself feel better kind of in, in your head because you're doing something right up to, to address an issue, but you're not really, yeah, you're giving effort towards, yeah, it's a little placebo. And again, if it is working for you, yeah, right. Exactly. But can we use that time better or like, if, if it becomes an excuse that you don't have time to go to the gym because you're spending 40 minutes on mobility before you do anything else, then obviously you should be skipping that that stuff and figuring out another way to get ready. Right. Or if you yeah, if you can't squat because you lost your lacrosse ball or your vibrating gun. Yeah. Now we're now we're just literally lost. Now yeah. now you're now you're a bubble boy. Yeah, yeah. You're that much of a pussy for lack of a better term. Um mentally. So I was trying to think about cuz I was thinking about this topic this morning and I was trying to think like is it is it a method that I th- that I got wrong? Is it you know, is it a trend that I got wrong or whatever, or is it a mindset that I got wrong? And I think that for me personally, it was believing that the way we trained for multiply was going to be it forever. Like powerlifting had reached its pinnacle in terms of, of training preparation and how lifts are performed on the, the platform and stuff like that. Particularly early on, when I was um, initially at a, at another powerlifting gym for you know a year and a half ish, yeah. did that come uh, to like a halt, like a a detriment, or is it just now you see like obviously there's many ways to train to get strong? Um, 
you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Because a lot of my issues were like, well, I've trained for three years now and made no progress. That's no. Clearly, I fucked up. Or, yeah. Or, or like keto or whatever. You know, like, yeah, right, or right. like the, the result was clear to me that this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Rather than like your multiply career seemed solid. Like you did well. Yeah, I did okay. Yeah, like for not, an old fuck, I did. Yeah, well, but you yeah. made progress. Yeah, you didn't get, you didn't kill yourself. No, nope. you know, like yeah, you did good. So then it's not necessarily like oh, Westside fucked me over. No, it was more just an observation of. Yeah, it was. It was like yeah, I, I, particularly because I, I, I kind of made an excuse of my age, just always used gear. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I was always squatting in briefs, and you know, I mean, not so much bench training, you know, until. Until um, um, until the slingshot came around, and then that was sort of like lifting in gear in yeah. a way. But a lot of that's West Side too. Like a lot they, of, yeah. they bench raw, right? We once did. a week at least, yeah. let alone twice. And then even we, still, I think a lot of his rever- reverse bands yeah. and, and and boards, not lack of full range. Yeah, but very like I, th- I think even by his books, Louis says benching a shirt at least once a month. Yeah, and then. But you're always squatting and pulling in briefs. Yeah, I almost never. Uh, so that's not even you. You know, that was just again like the, yeah, col- yeah, the culture. Was, that's what everyone did. Yeah, that's what everybody did. Yeah, and I think that um, too that the way that we trained as a group back then, I thought that was going to be. It, I mean, this is what it is from this point forward. Like all the people who really succeed yeah. succeed by 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 training in a group because you really didn't have much choice. I mean, there were that many people who, who, who did it any other way. I'd make an argument that that's still the case, but there's just less instances of it or less people doing it together. And I think because there are more, you would think that because there were more people doing, right. Doing it, there would be more groups of training, but no, it's more people are finding in times, uh, in their day or their week to train, Mostly as individuals. Yeah, I think there's more variables and more different people, which, again, going to our other episodes and stuff we've been preaching about, like, that's what makes the sports cool. Um, but, yeah, now they're nurses and firemen and moms and dads and every spectrum of human. Yeah. So they got to get in where they fit in. Or back in the day, they were all, like, self-employed or construction workers, mm-hmm. so they could all work at the exact same time. And so they all trained at the exact same time. I, and people would argue this, but I, I don't think you can. I, I think if you have an optimal training environment with a good crew around you, 90% of people are going to do better than yeah. training alone. You know, there, there is still going to be a small percent. And I make up these numbers, obviously, but there's going to be a small percent that literally thrives by zoning in by mm-hmm. themselves um, or, or does just as well. But I think the majority of folks with good music and, and good environment and good training partners will uh, succeed harder. Uh, it's just what it is. And that doesn't mean exactly how we trained, right, where we're 10 guys in a corner. Yeah. But if you're all in the, the gym kind of together, even even the gyms, I think the part of that reason is the schedules changes and mm-hmm. then the type of gyms that can give you that support without being as hands-on are still there. Um, like small example, I was training with Barton Geo at Barber Brigade. Obviously, we feel like our environment's – similar here but we're all training together and so we're doing the same shit but we're about to leave and we're walking across the deadlift platforms and we notice a dude getting a little hyped for his lift visually and so we're like oh this dude's this part heavy for him and so uh, we all stop and cheer for him i don't know this guy from nowhere you, know, you yeah. just clap for him and yeah. so like yeah that's not exactly what we had no or geared lifting had or needed um but it's still well beyond quote-unquote like training by yourself yeah no for sure and I wouldn't. I mean, an extension of this is 
is the just explosion of home gyms. Yeah. And obviously, the pandemic. I think it was already exploding. Yeah, it was already exploding. Yeah. The pandemic doubled down on that, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, maybe fucking 10 times. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think the, and we've talked about this before, that the the clientele that we gathered during the, the pandemic were a lot of them people who worked at home who didn't have home gyms or didn't want to invest in home gyms or needed to get out the fuck of the house. Yeah, first five members had home gyms. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they just, you know, yeah, I think had to get away. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it, yeah, it's not enough of a psychological break. And we, you know, we're not so busy that we were, that anyone was ever particularly concerned about, about getting sick from, from being here. Yeah. So, you know, that was, I mean, that is a self-limited group. There are only yeah. so many people that are, that are going to do that. And that's why, like, we're, we're seeing a lot more membership growth now because we're kind of past that point. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do the home gym thing. Even before you and I started talking about opening this place i was talking to different people about building one in my garage because i moved in my house two years i think before we opened third street something like that yeah. um one for content and then two just for convenience because nowhere again downtown can you just get a membership and like squat with good equipment yeah. um, but i knew i would have hated it even if i did it like I, and i still might do it one day but for like the emergency stuff you know like tomorrow i fly kind of early mm-hmm. so it's like all right do i get up and come here and train real quick or do i train when i get down to la or whatever and if i was at home yeah I'd just stumble down the stairs get a quick session shower bounce right there is some convenience to it um but those occasions are obviously not as prominent as yeah if you have kids and mm-hmm. they wake up at seven and you want to sneak one in at six and what i see happening too is that a lot of people are getting like enough equipment and have enough floor space that they're starting to pick up training partners yeah. in their house yeah which i guess is kind of the, again like Everything coming full circle. Yeah. It's probably how powerlifting started. But then like counter to that, you know, what we try to provide here to not to pitch us at this random philosophy or philosophical topic we're talking about, but like you 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 never have the same environment and you'll never have the same amount of equipment as if you yeah. get a membership anywhere. Yeah. Untamed barbell brigade here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just because yeah, unless yeah, you really expand and get yeah, unless you're your Brandon Diamonds gym where he yeah. trains by himself in the the best equipped. Yeah, yeah and he has a basement which basement is basement gym. Yeah, basements are a little bigger than in like America. a garage. He really does. Yeah, he's he made like a joke on his Instagram story, like, Can you have too many bars? And then he like showed all just his regular barbells, let alone his specialty. I'm like, What the fuck are you doing? Like and I know some were probably sent to him to review or whatever most he had like he had like twenty very nice barbells. I'm like, dude, you're a psycho. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's like dudes in their sneakers. That's yeah. what his gym looks like. It's like a sneaker collection. But I, I feel like he's probably got a sneaker collection too. I know he played <laughs> basketball, and I know he's like he dabbles. I don't know. People are funny, dude. You you never know who's in it. One uh, shout my dude Ryan Schultz. Uh, used to work for Killcliff back in the day, and that's where I met him. But now he um, is a creator of Romwad. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of mo- mobility and stuff, but it's basically, yeah, like programmed mobility and yoga. Uh, mm-hmm. Not to give him a free plug, but Ryan's a really good dude. And Ryan, when I first met him, um, and, and I didn't, I don't remember checking out his shoes. I wish I would have. I met him at a bunch of CrossFit games, but, uh, you know, he's got a beard, kind of looks like a Santa Cruz type dude. Yeah, you yeah. know, for those that know, he kind of looks like that. Maybe even had a tie dye like tank on, but then him and I talk all the time now, and he's a huge sneakerhead and has been, you know. But like, you just never know what type of folks are into what. Yeah, yeah. Where like Bart, Bart, based on his growing up, would be a huge sneakerhead, and he's kind of eh. Bart likes clothes a lot. Yeah, but I don't know if he's like a sneakerhead. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, before we get into mics, we're gonna take a real quick break. And we're back. 
Um, I, my, my list is going to go on forever. Go, go, go. I think um, you were talking about kind of breaking them up in like nutrition or lifting strategy or like mentality. I actually think the mentality that I had, and I don't know, I don't obviously want to take full credit for it. Um, because I think some was the environment and the team we had around for sure, um, was actually good of things I checked off in my first, let's say, let's just say like five years of powerlifting Uh from like 2010 to maybe 20, maybe a little bit less actually, um, 2010 to 2013, 14. Um, I think the mentality was good. Like I, I, I came from competitive basketball and try to just take that same mentality into powerlifting. It doesn't work exactly, but I think my own mentality plus the mix of who was around us at the time, um, probably bred really good stuff. And, and, and obviously that depends. Mentality depends on your goals. If your yeah. goals aren't to be one of the best, then your mentality doesn't have to be like this. But if you do want to be the one of the best, then yeah, like I stopped going out, I stopped drinking, you know, like I treated it like a professional athlete the same way I did with basketball. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, not all of them, but a lot of our training partners were kind of like that, you know. Yeah. We trained really early on Saturday, so you're not going to get blasted on Friday, even though maybe some did. But not, you know, majority of us like took this pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to truly improve. You know, our social life had to do with like eating and, and different fun things like that. We would go to comedy shows or whatever it might be rather than getting blasted all the time. And that, I think, is probably what kept me in this sport because I was always kind of that guy. Even in my regular friend group, everyone drank a little bit more or did whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was more like mission-based like that, like objective-based. And so we kind of – that part was really good. Um, and even Sam kind of mentioned it before, uh, going live. Like like you don't know what you don't know or like you're just following the best at, at the time. Right. And we talked to Eric Helms about that on this show who's you know one of the leading guys in exercise science and nutrition now. But he even said like, yeah, in 2011, 2012 – I was just prescribing my version of West Side to some raw guys. Yeah. Which comes to show vast majority, probably 95% of high, high level raw coaches disagree with. Yeah. Um, and I do too, to most aspects in terms of, because even Louis says, right, if you're not at West Side, you're not doing West Side. Right. Then you take a step aside of that, like, okay, well, I'm kind of training conjugate. Mm-hmm. But then you go outside of that you can't really take those concepts and still call it West side or conjugate. But I do think there's concepts in there. We can obviously use in all, all yeah. strength sports. Yeah. And I, I would just say that like conjugate or West side or whatever is the best thing for people who get bored doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I mean, because it's and not that's a, kind of me. Yeah. That's so. because it's a, not a program, right? It's like a philosophy. It's yeah. like, it's like boundaries. Yeah. And so like we could come up with other, Things that might, for like a raw lifter, obviously specificity is very high. So like we could find ways probably to, you know, get the workout ADHD going mm-hmm. that aren't a box squat. Right. You know, like there's there's boundaries in West Side that I think just don't translate at all to raw powerlifting. Where like, I don't know exactly the quote Louis says, but it's like, you know, 90% of the time he wants you squatting to a box. Yeah, which you know? is a lot. And, I, and that's like... On my list of things I, that maybe not the best idea, I yeah. I didn't I didn't realize how deep I could squat until I stopped squatting right. on a box. So right. like, and, oh. and you had gear on, so obviously yeah. depth looks different. But then like same thing, like you do a heavy deadlift like every three or four weeks. Most yeah. raw powerlifters deadlift probably won't move how they want doing that. Yeah, and I think they won't just come out and say it, but I think the part of the box issue is that it is it is easier in all that gear to squat to a box for sure than it is to squat. You know, a full range squat. If, if you can f- squat a full range squat right. in all the gear, and I think that 
squatting to depth, if you can do it, takes so much out of you. It's like the giant deadlift, you know, yeah. that 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 compresses or, or distresses your training for six weeks afterwards. You yeah. When then yeah, and and you know, we can pick it apart. And again, I, I think Louis Simmons was huge. You know, he's he's on the 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 uh, Mount Rushmore of strength and conditioning and powerlifting, et cetera. But, you know, when you're talking raw powerlifting, contrast to that, there's a bunch of holes. Even Einstein got shit wrong. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so, like, but, um, yeah, stuff like that where if you're always going to a box, if you're only deadlifting over three or four weeks, if you're constantly training exercises, you can't even, like, um, track progress at all, mm-hmm. right? So there's a bunch of holes there that – um Came and then and then if you look at Westside historically, and obviously some of this has to do with multiply gear, but if you look at Westside historically, what are their guys really good at? Squatting. Yeah. We, weird they squat twice a week. What are they not so good at? Deadlifting. deadlifting. <laughs> they squat. They deadlift every four weeks. Okay, yeah. so like I wonder why. And and some of that is the multiply gear, right? It's more assistive and in, in, in the squat than otherwise. But you know, you talk to big big deadlifters, and sure there are guys that deadlift heavy every once a month and the little bridges i think were one of them yeah. and they're really really big deadlifters so there's always there's always examples and anecdotes left and right but the majority of us normal folks are gonna have to deadlift to get better at deadlifts yeah. um so obviously i trained west side for a very long time um and for the first couple of years i literally just followed you know um hence the nickname a little bit but i would just follow whatever the crew was doing and i just wasn't getting better you yeah. know I, I came into super training with like a 505 squat 315 bench and like a 550 deadlift and i don't know what my first meet was but maybe it was like a 515 squat 330 bench 570 deadlift you know mm-hmm. so like yeah i got better um but not not you know not going from mike doing his random shit to oh west side's the best program in the world better uh-huh. or what you would think right, would be right um and, th- and then it kind of played out similarly where my squat just wouldn't improve um because i was going to a box all day so i'd get in the hole as a raw guy and i'd fucking die yeah. um deadlifts got slowly better and then bench didn't move at all bench wasn't moving at all for me because i think for and i think i think this is the case for most raw power lifters you could probably bench heavier more often than you think um and with west side you're doing like extreme ends of that Right, you're doing very heavy maximum mm-hmm. to die, and then you're doing almost too light to count mm-hmm. um, for a raw lifter. Now it makes sense again for a geared lifter because heavy as you can in a shirt will kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> for a month. Right. So then your other day has to be light, extreme right. light, because you'll die. But you still want to get some stimulus in your triceps and shit. But that's not the case for most raw lifters. Um, so yeah, long story short, I think just training West Side, and, and I'm glad I did because I understand the program really well. I read all the books. I, yeah. I understand it. Louis is like one of the few in the game or, or few West Siders that I actually haven't met. You know, I met a, most of his, you know, protégés along the way or most of his big lifters and trained with them and picked their brains, but I never met him. But I, I, I like knowing West Side, and I think it has a lot of strength and conditioning applications. Mm-hmm. And when I trained athletes, and I don't train a lot of sports athletes anymore, but if I did, it would be a lot of conjugate ish stuff in my mind just even the idea of concurrent periodization where you're kind of always ready makes a lot more sense when your sport is nine months out of the year right right where powerlifting is twice out of the year yeah, <laughs> right exactly. it makes a lot less and his argument would be we'll throw down any saturday you call us and we're always ready but 
this isn't war. <laughs> this no, isn't, this no, isn't a street not. fight. It's, it's not. And, and, and the idea is to be at literally at your best and you can't be at your best all the time. Right. At one day out of the year. That's yeah. all you have to be good at at powerlifting. And I think that, I mean, I, I certainly witnessed a whole lot of frustration like that because yeah. people were not at their best all the time. Not enough highs, not enough lows. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and just, you know, on the dark side of it, I think that some of the reason that people made tremendous gains on on west side uh squatting in gear was also that they were using gear for the maybe the first time or yeah, using yeah. more than they ever had before or whatever so yeah they got like extremely strong of course and and would have probably anyway yeah a lot of the the, the non-concurrent programming <laughs> that would happen in west side or at least power even powerlifting at that time yeah just powerlifting period at that time pa- powerlifting prep meant drug prep right because your training didn't change yeah no one's training changed that i was aware of that much and yeah there's like you know circa max cycles and stuff although our team didn't do that that much that was a louis deal um but yeah the drug cycles in powerlifting would be a 12-week prep (laughs) and a 12-week taper and a 12-week ramp up not their training yeah sometime around i don't know probably 2014 ish 2013 maybe 2012 whatever that prep um became part of the vocabulary before it always was training cycle and literally training cycle had two meanings yeah it was you know one heavier meaning yeah 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 so all that uh long story short was something that i'm glad you know and i hate to be the i don't um have regrets i have mistakes i learned from or whatever the fuck shit saying that is uh yeah. i don't disagree with it so i did learn a lot and i'm glad i am because I, I got into even powerlifting because i was more interested in strength conditioning and lifting mm-hmm. weights in general um i never got into powerlifting because i was into powerlifting or i never followed arnold or kirk Kowalski. you know like those guys weren't my heroes strong man none of that was my heroes i, yeah. I got into it because i like lifting weights and getting people better so i'm glad i have a good grasp on west side and stuff um but as a, a power lifter myself at the time yeah that was probably spinning my wheels a lot um as long as the uh, you know the three big trends i think about in the early 2000s or 2010s in fitness at least in the strength and conditioning our world mm-hmm. and ufc world you know there's a couple of strength and conditioning coaches talking about it at the time uh the paleo keto stuff yeah the mobility stuff yeah and then west side those are like kind of the three columns that i would say uh yeah i, I probably spun my wheels on a good amount i'm glad i learned about them and the only way I learned about them was doing them. Yeah. And I did all of them from different coaches, from different books, from different methods, learning about it, um, and then walking and, and walking it myself. So I, I am glad I did that. But all three are probably three things that I use at little to none anymore, <laughs> really. Right. I, I mean, I think that uh, um, the essence of making a, of a mistake or, you know, or, or whatever is is the belief that whatever you whatever you know in the moment trumps every other thing. Yeah. Like period. Yeah, I believed it. Yeah. And that's part of the cool part is I didn't go in as a skeptic and then left being like, yeah, see, told you so. Keto didn't get me shredded. Like, no, I went in yeah. believing it. And I went in with an open mind. I went into learning. And I think that's yeah. the best way to learn. Probably the only way to learn. Yeah. Like, you can't force yourself to try something new that you don't want to and that you're not, like, open-minded to because you won't really, like, live – that experience or learn that experience. Mm. And so I was young enough, which is good because I am fairly hard-headed at that time. And I was very new to strength and conditioning, although I'd lifted forever. Um, 
that that I was open enough to dive into that stuff, which was cool. And then, and then on the side, I was still reading, you know, the Joe DeFranco's and the you know the the, the Boyles and the mm-hmm. I was reading I was reading other strength conditioning coaches that maybe had West Sidey methods, but yeah. had their applications of it, or maybe didn't have West Sidey methods or whatever. Um, so I was absorbing everything at the time, which was good. I'm trying to think of other things that maybe I fucked up on. I mean, all that, all that's the majority of it because that is encompasses my early twenties. Yeah, I think that like the the probably the most offensive out of all those things is the paleo thing because it's based on bullshit and it's bullshit. I mean, I, I think paleo. Yeah, I mean, both of them are just so application based. Like, if you want to, if you can, if I can make my own definition of paleo like let's eat foods with less ingredients and yeah. like whole foods like yeah that sounds great like there's yeah. nothing wrong there keto but it became such a religion number one and right. number two paleo doesn't it doesn't describe it well that's You're, the issue is it, the it's not, marketing it's, yeah it's mark it's purely marketing it has nothing to do with anything and why you know if you need to do if you need to eat a particular way to feel good rock on well look at what we already circled back to right like what how does liver king talk and it's because right like yeah, yeah. like that's how that that's like the that's like the literal and physical on steroids marketing of what paleo was yeah. paleo was like oh our caveman ancestors didn't eat snickers we shouldn't either which is just a like a crazy argument like yeah. they didn't have refrigeration they didn't have your Instagram that you're teaching me paleo on. Yeah. They didn't have airplanes. Like they didn't have nothing. We have. Yeah. They didn't have roads. You know, like we yeah. have. Like they're probably wearing bare feet. Uh, and that's a bad argument because some people do make that argument now. But um, where the Liver King literally says the same thing, right? Like my test is bigger and I'm stronger than you guys because I eat like them and you don't. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeding testicles and shit. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. But so yeah, I think the marketing. This is something I used to say a lot and. I kind of forgot my own shit and I need to talk about it more because it is so true and even more apparent now that if you're like workout program or your diet has a name, yeah, yeah you're being sold to, you're being marketed to. Yeah, yeah. And so like even paleo, your yeah, your whatever workout program X you're doing, you know, even Peloton, right? Like right. what's Peloton doing? Like, I think it's a great business model and I think it's a solid workout for most people. That does isn't to say that everything you're being sold or marketed to is bad. Right, we buy quality things, and we buy yeah. not quality things of value. But Peloton is is literally the Kleenex or the tissue of of, of biking or yeah, cardio yeah. now. Yeah, home home based bicycle cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it's great, uh, and I think it's super solid. Is it you know the best thing on the planet? No, but they they marketed, wrapped this thing up to you, and sold you Peloton, yeah. where they're selling you riding a bike. Yeah, before that, well, not long before that, but before that um, was Nordic Track. Yeah, yeah, that the was good cross country skiing thing, which was fine too. Right, right. like uh, if, yeah, all of it's fine, and same with like West Side. Like, there's again, like we, I did dig into like the bad, but there's a lot of good there. Yeah, but you're being packaged and sold something. Yeah, like yeah, he put out a lot of free info, and that's great. But he's trying to sell you on his equipment. He's trying to sell you on his uh, eBooks. Mm-hmm. He's trying to sell you on his videotapes. Like everyone's trying to, do that. and I'm not, not saying we're not. Like we sell shit too, and that's business. That's how it goes. But we also try to give you like, you know, the 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 under the surface truth of how to get your fitness journey. Yeah, and then if you want to support us through our businesses, that's great. But I'm not trying to package some shit up. P90X, yeah, Beachbody. And obviously those are the big names you know, but there's tons of little ones within our niches, but we just can't hate on them as much because they're probably associates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably we know somebody that does whatever. Yeah. And again, know. it's not bad. There's better coaches. There's worse coaches. There's yeah. better value programs and, and worse value programs. Um, but paleo, 
and keto. Like there are applications. And I think, again, if you take them as like a philosophy, I think that's great. Yeah. If 80, you know, if the majority of your meals are based on whole foods and, you know, more single ingredient foods, you're probably going to be healthier, happier, and fitter. Um, but they like literally demonized everything else. Like, yeah. You're going to die if you have yeah, a donut. I, I think it's the human tendency to to virtue signal every fucking thing that, sure. we, that we, you know, feel feel wholeheartedly is the only thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're probably sniffing Coke every week. And, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that's the guys I do. I've the amount of arguments is another argument I used to make all the time. Um, and it's less at me, which is good because fake sugars have kind of been debunked ish. Yeah. Um, not everyone, obviously some people demonize the fuck out of them, but most people kind of understand like, all right, we're going to do okay. Yeah. But how many people used to talk shit on me drinking energy drinks over diet uh-huh. or, or even diet Coke? Meanwhile, they're getting hammered and doing drugs on the weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's just no way we're going to have this talk yeah. right now, it's right? Like, yeah, yeah. Th- things that might or might not be bad for you versus things that are clearly bad for yeah. you. Yeah, or it's even like, well, squatting and deadlifting heavy. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot more common now and less people get, coming after me, but people would well, just come at like the pop people, you know, pop culture people yeah. or more, more normies. Gen pop. Yeah, yeah, more normies for lack of a better term. They'd come after me like, that's nah, not good for your back. Well, oh, okay, let me just go sit on the couch instead. That'll be yeah better for my back. You're yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, who every person that made the Snap City comment on every deadlift video yeah. on YouTube in yeah. 2012. So you guys are just going to go soft on some cable rows and think you're better. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like doing something hard that has a risk doesn't make it bad. Right. Right? Like, that's a, there's a big difference between something that's bad for you, like yeah. smoking cigarettes or doing drugs or drinking copious amounts of alcohol to run away from your life, your real life. These are, we know are bad. Yeah. Versus squatting, which may have some risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> risk and bad are much different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything has a risk, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's a whole nother argument for another episode. The risk <laughs> versus reward of of deadlifts when the those people talking about it go to power cleans as your better risk to reward which makes zero fucking sense no that doesn't make any sense at all i I don't know i mean people have deadlifted things since they've discovered that rocks could be picked up yeah i mean it's not exactly the same thing, but it's pretty no, much but the you, same no, thing. No, it's the same thing. But if you lift a rock, you're functional. If you lift the barbell, now you're slowing down. You're being slow because muscle's slow. Yeah. Yeah, slow muscles. I don't get what it. the fuck are we talking about? I don't know, but I think that's pretty good for today. Um, Unless you got something. No, we're moving. We're moving. Uh, holidays are coming, but we're jamming. Clothing launch hopefully in the next month or so. Uh, details to come. Join Discord if you want to get involved. You get all first looks, first touches, first bids on all of it. Um, 50percentfacts.com to join that Discord. Group chat's happening there. And then our Friday episode is based from Discord. So if you really want to get involved with the community, head there. Uh, 3sb.co for all your clothing, your hoodie needs. Um, new episode every Wednesday and Friday. I'm Silent Mike, and we'll catch you in the next one. I'm at the Jim McD on all the social media. This show is 50% facts, where percent is a word. 50 is just numbers. 50% facts is a Spreaker Prime podcast on uh, in association with iHeartMedia on the Obscure Celebrity Network, where you can also check out Stimmed Out with the Game Day Barbell Guys and the hashtag Coffee time show with uh, Noah Kinsey and we'll talk to you on Friday
right, so yeah.